folks, back on the Jared the Boss Man Show. What they're joined by the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks head coach, Kyle Keller. They're playing real well. Has had my, my guy on the show since last year. Had to get him back on right now. So, Coach Keller, glad to have you back on the show, man. I know life is good out there for you guys in Texas, man. Oh, man, that's great here. We just we get a little rain today, but, you know, you find some sun everywhere you go. Isn't that right? You got that right. And, Coach, I was telling uh, Charlie off the air that, hey, man, I was in L.A. for all star weekend. All kind of sun and fun, and I get back to Atlanta, <laughs> like what you're doing today. Rain, 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 all all around me, everywhere I go. Yeah, but I, I know in L.A. you were doing it right, though, weren't you? Oh, you know I was, Coach. It's good to get a little bit of a vacation from the Atlanta Hawks right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, and they're struggling, but you know, but I, I, you know, they got a great coach, you know, Buck and coach, and and you know they're struggling. The roster didn't quite what it was when he first started, and and uh, he can really coach though. I think. Oh, he can. He's a great coach. I mean, I'll tell you what name about those guys, coach. Good, good stuff for any team out there listening to this show or any team listening or watching. The Hawks play hard every night. They might not be the talented, most talented bunch, but they, they play hard every night. Good listen, any college team, any high school team, by seeing the guys persevering and playing hard, even though their talent might not be equal with their opponents. Yeah, and, and that's the greatest talent I think a player can have or, or credit a coach is, is how hard that your team plays. And, uh, you know, and he gets, I think he gets the most out of his, his guys that he can. And that's, and that's all you can ask for as an owner or as an athletic director or as a principal in high school, whatever, is he max out. And I think he's maxing out what he's got on his team for sure. And, Coach, you're doing and that's the same what we're thing. trying to do with our bunch here. You're doing the same thing, Coach. So you're doing the same thing, Coach. You're 11-3, conference play, four-game winning streak. got a big game tonight as well. And so talk to me, Coach. What's been the key factors for your team in the, in the run you're on and the good run you've been on this this whole season? You know, we have great depth. I think we put multiple guys in, in multiple positions and, and, you know, really interchangeable. And I think as you go through the season and, and different guys are going to play well at different times, it's hard to, you know, in the seven-month season, then, then, you know, they're not everybody's going to max out. You know, they're not everybody's going to make shots every night. But we've had numerous different players play well where we scored multiple points. Kevon Harris, a kid from Atlanta, leads us in scoring as a sophomore and, and you know he's played really well as a sophomore and averaging you know 16 17 points a game something like that and he missed three or four games and and so we had other guys step up during that time and we've got a new player Shannon Bowes a junior college kid who's still learning but averaging about 15 or 16 points a game for us and and has had you know three or four games where he's had 30 and he's had other games where he hadn't played as well but you know just different Nights, different guys for us have, have, have played really well. I mean, and, and we're explosive scoring team, play the fast pace, lead the country in uh, forced turnovers, lead the country in steals, and we never press. It's all half court, man to man. So, you know, we just try to deny passing lanes and be real, real aggressive. And, Coach, what it tells me also is, Coach, you guys have – game plan discipline they listen to you in shooter rounds and in film sessions and they're sticking to what what you're getting taught in practice and in, and when you have meetings which is a, a great concept to have for a team especially in your second year it means guys are buying into your culture well we, we have i think we, our staff's done a great job recruiting you know we, we had to totally re, rebuild this roster when we got here um and we only have a couple of guys that played for coach underwood you know from the last you know, in the last year and this year. So we've got nine new players, 
um, 11, 10 now. And we have a great staff that really invests in our, our kids and our guys really, they understand that what you talk about culture of winning here, Stephen F. Austin, and they, they, they feel it. And they know, even though we're 22 and five, whatever we are, 11 and three right now, four left, you know, our season hadn't really started yet. You know, we're, we're just about, hopefully, as you get to March at this place here, that's when the season gets started. See what we can do at this point. We just put ourselves in a position to have some fun, to make some memories. That's what they think about around here. You got there, right? We're at Kyle Keller, Stephen F. Austin, Lumberjacks on the Bossman Show with me. Now, Coach Keller, I look at your, at your roster. You have a great mix of old and young. And that's a rare thing to have in college basketball. That either you're, either you're going to be all the way old or you're going to be all the way young, but you got that good balance in the middle. Is that what you wanted to achieve in recruiting with your staff to, uh, to achieve good roster balance to make sure that you can turn over the, the roster and still be good and competitive no matter what year it is? Yeah, you know, you like to have good balance, that's for sure. And, and we like having the balance within our staff. And, and, and our staff, we talked about having, you know, really good you know, mix of, of new players and older players and and obviously, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with this transfer legislation that's out there. You have to keep getting talented players every year because you don't know what's going to happen. And But, you know, you want to be as old as you can, I think, to have a chance to win games in the NCAA tournament. You can't be brand new. And, you know, we do have three good seniors that, that – that, and help us, but are very, very unselfish, and that none of them lead us in any statistical category. Uh, but they really, really lead our locker room, and uh, they've been great for us. And um, you know, our, our sophomores and juniors probably lead us in most. Um, so I think we're going. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I like our team. I think we have a chance to be even better next year. We got a kid. That, Couple kids we signed. One of them is a top ten player in the state of Texas that everybody kind of slept on. They didn't know who he was, and our staff did a great job evaluating and figure out who he was before he was. Exactly, and coach, like for me, Stephen F. Austin is a national brand coach because even when I was down in my days in Florida, I knew about Stephen F. Austin. So it's a national brand, so you can recruit nationally. People hear that name and, oh, these guys are in the tournament all the time. These guys are good. They they win games. So just the brand name that you have nationally and the winning that you're doing, because you're doing a lot of winning. I've seen, look at the stats, man. You guys got a lot of wins there, man. Home wins, the state of Texas. I mean, you got a lot of winning there. So I think any guy would want to go there and play for a program that has history and a branding and a winning culture like your program has. And Jerry, you're exactly right. I mean, this is uh, – and pe- people outside of this area, they don't really know basketball, probably don't understand it. But, you know, for, for the last 10 years, this is the state's winningest program. The last five years, it is the Texas state's winningest program. And, um, you know, we won our league for the last five years in the NCAA tournament, won games in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is a special place. And, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, it's been great coaches before me, for sure, and there'll be great coaches after me. I have no ambition to be the best coach here. I, I don't, I don't, that's not a dream of mine. That's not a goal of mine. But the one thing, I, my one goal I have is to coach the best team that ever played here. 
And that's only done by what you do in the NCAA tournament. And that's what we're trying to do with this team or some team after it. You got that right, Coach. Explain to me the environment, Coach, and the William Johnson Coliseum, because I see you all win all you win all your win streaks your own. What's what's it like to play there? Because because I seem like when you, seem like it's like there's some magic when you guys play there. You I feel you're just gonna win when you play at home. Well, we're 85 and three since 2012, in in our Coliseum here. We like to call it the Sawmill, and which is the college basketball's best record. You know, we had, I think, 7,000 here, 7,200, a little over capacity to stand in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the crosswalks. Last game that we played at home, and I don't know how many we'll have tonight. Wednesday night's kind of hard having the Bible Bells here in East Texas, so we don't fill it up on Wednesday, all, every Wednesday night. The Saturday will be full, uh, and there'll be people lined up trying to get in here on Saturday nights. You know, and no disrespect to... to, to uh, um, uh, Nacogdoches, Texas, but not a lot going on, 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 on here in Nacogdoches except for Lumberjack basketball. And it's great to be have an opportunity for kids and for myself to be at a place that, that where basketball is so important to these people here. And it's over, you know, they played basketball here about 90 years and they've won about 24, 25 conference championships. So they've won here. That's all they know. And, and, and it's just a draw not only to students, but to the to the alumni and the fans here in town, and, and it makes it really fun. I mean, it's a great environment. Our band does a great job and promotions. And, uh, got a great scoreboard, very interactive. Uh, when our guys walk down that tunnel, man, they feel like they're about four feet off that ground now. They, they don't think about not winning that game. Yeah, man, I see. I, I've seen it, Coach, when I look at the ESPN threes and I can look at the highlights, man. A lot of those guys, when they, get, they play in that building, do you already know us? So yeah, you already know us about to happen. <laughs> uh, trust me, trust me. We got the four left, three at home. You know, we're, we're focused one game at a time. And, but you know, it's uh, and we've been perfect at home again so far. And knock on wood, nothing else changes. But uh, we're excited about where we're heading. Uh, so it'll, it'll be good. I mean, we, you know, we, we've done what we're supposed to do so far. And coach, I look at your stats, man. You got six guys at over eight, eight points a game, man, and three and double figures and balance rebounding. So six guys with at least three boards a game. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself as I look at these numbers, coach. You're emphasizing sharing that basketball, rebounding the glass, attacking the glass, and defending like crazy to get out of transition to be able to have these balanced numbers across the board. Yeah, I, I think it's fun to play that way. I think guys enjoy playing the way we play. I mean, it's pressure defense and, and playing fast-paced and getting up and down the court. And I think our guys really enjoy uh, playing with each other. You know, uh, you know, our big deal right now is how connected can our team be. And, you know, if we can become connected on offense and defense and, and, and not worry about – never worry about who scores the basket, you know, just play for Stephen F. Austin and, and play for each other then we have a chance to be successful. And I think our guys are kind of getting, you know, as we're growing, I think we played better. I think our average margin of, of a, a lead at half the last four games has been like 21. So you, you mentioned this earlier, and there's a great point I thought that you said was, you know, listening to scout report, taking heart and what, what coaching staff shows on video and preparation um, going into the game. And I think our guys have done a great job of taking that 
and taking that into the end of the games as we, we move forward. And uh, our average margin of victory has been, you know, double figures. And, uh, you know, we went through a period in January I thought we weren't very locked in, where we went from the 109 conference where lead LSU, you know, lost to Missouri by a point where we just ran out of time, lost by a couple points in Mississippi State, and where we were really the 100. One at La Tech where they were 84 and 4 at that time, and we were just hunting people down. And we got the lead play, we became the hunted, and we didn't handle that very well. We got bored a little bit. and thought people would just kind of roll over for us, but well, they're not the case. And now we've kind of taken that hunter mentality back over again in the last few weeks and start playing better again. Yes, indeed. And, Coach, looking at the standings in the Southland Conference, you got Nickel State, you got Southeast Louisiana, yourself, Sam Houston State, and New Orleans battling for that number one seed come to tournament time. Yeah. And just talk about how the quality of basketball in the league and the quality of coaching. Because, I mean, when you got five teams with at least double-digit wins, Lamar is right behind at nine and toward the team to seven seven wins already in the conference play. I mean, this tells me this conference has got, it's got depth. Teams are good compared to each night, and this league is not easy to get through. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. I, I think that the top seven or eight in our league have gotten a lot better. It's the best. You know, I was talking to a coach who's been in this league for about six or seven years, and he, this morning he was telling me he thought it the best, uh, you know, six or seven, the best of the league had been since he'd been in it as far as, you know, eight or ten teams that, since he's been in it, which is which is good. It's good for the league. It makes us all better. And, and uh, you know, there's a couple teams at the bottom that aren't great probably. But, you know, as far as the best basketball goes, he thought it best had been. And, um, you know, I, I know this, you know, we play some teams that are doing well out in their own leagues outside of the non-conference. And uh, the teams that we've beaten in our own league, you know, pretty, pretty handily, uh, they could go into their leagues and, and, and do very well, which makes, you know, I'm excited that our league is getting better. I mean, it's good for us and good for our league and, and uh you know, it just it it's, it it speaks well of the coaches and the and the commitment that our league's making. It makes it fun. I enjoy it. We got good guys, good coaches, and fun guys to compete with. Yes, indeed. The Southland Conference should not be slept on by fans. I mean, they missing a good brand of basketball. They don't check out you guys for sure. Yeah, and they, whoever represents our league in the NCAA tournament should be battle tested. That's for sure. Well, Coach, I'm wishing you best of luck tonight against Central Arkansas and this Saturday against Lamar. I mean, Coach, I hope you guys get, get, may keep that winning going. I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for your program. I look forward to seeing, seeing you continue to be successful, have, having the show in the future, Coach. Boss, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you recover from L.A. and, and your all-star weekend. Hey, Coach, I, I will be by Monday when the Hawks get, get, get me back on, get me back in the saddle because I took off Friday in Indiana. So I'll hopefully be back to normal on Monday night at the <laughs> arena. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on so much. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you do for basketball. Hey, you're welcome, Coach Keller. You have a great day, man. Talk to you real soon. All right. Thank you so much. All right. It's Kyle Keller and the Boston Show, people. It's the speaker knockers. 
All right, folks, we're back here on the JR the Boss Man Show. We're going to the MEAC Conference, talk to the Hampton Pirates head coach, Buck Joyner. Coach Joyner, how things out there in Hampton, man, the real HU? Uh, things going well, man. Uh, uh, we're riding a, a little win streak here. Uh, we got a lot of our guys back healthy, so, you know, we, we're feeling good about the way things are moving at this point. And, Coach, besides the health of your team, what's been the key factors of besides the health for your guys uh, getting getting on the six-game win streak you're on right now, been 10-4 in MEAC plays, you're heading to the Dodgers of February into that March there? Yes. Uh, again, we, it, it, it's a tight race up, uh, in, in the conference right now. Uh, I think it's one game separate, one to two games separate four or five teams. Uh, so, you know, these last two games are going to be very important. I think all the teams at the top, so a lot of us have to face each, face each other for at least one of those games. So something going to shake out sooner uh, over the next couple of days. I hear that, Coach. Now, Coach Joyner, uh, I look at your non-conference schedule, and I feel like it's really helped your guys a lot, toughened them up a bit, and the quality opponents you played, it really helped you guys as you got a healthier and me act play. Is that a sentiment that you agree with here? Yeah, I do. Uh, every, every year we try to make sure that we play as competitive schedule as we possibly can. We try to, to play at least two, two, maybe three teams that, that, are, that are tournament teams uh, at, at the BCS level. Uh, the, the type of team that if you're, you're you're blessed enough to make it out, you can. Uh, that type of team you're gonna face in that in that first round. Uh, uh, so we try to schedule those, and then throughout the non throughout the rest of the non-conference schedule, we do try to, to play some teams that we think that we have a good chance of winning. But we also try to play some teams that that we think are MEAC level or above, so that we so. So that we feel like we battle tested every night when we come into the conference. Now, coach, with some scheduling games, I feel like because Hampton's a national brand, I've known about you guys for years. I put some HBCU grab myself, so I know about their FNAP perspective too. The Black College tours I went on. So when you try to schedule games, are how major teams or good major teams scared to play you guys because of the brand you've built? They know, know you guys play hard, you play together, and you're a great coach. So is it is it kind of hurt your helping scheduling wise non conference? Uh, well, I appreciate uh, all the latter part, but yeah, scheduling is a big problem for us because I mean, you know, as I know, scheduling is is, is better than fifty percent of 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 the way that you want your team to perform that year. You don't want to schedule too hard so that you're so beat up, you know, by 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 time you get to conference or, or during the stretch of conference that that you can't perform at your at your level, and then you don't want to underschedule so that your team has the wrong idea. Uh, going into conference, but for us, it, it's been a challenge every year because you know we've been able to attain a, a certain level of success that you know a lot of teams won't play. It's not saying that they're scared; it's that you have to schedule smart nowadays. Again, you can schedule yourself in or out of a winning season, or you can schedule yourself in or out of a job. You know, so you know you have to try to put the, put together a schedule that makes sense. And for us, that is challenging because of. Of the, of the success we've had over, over the last few years or over the, the years that I've been here. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, looking at your roster, look, you've done a great job in recruiting and building this roster. You have a great mix of upperclassmen and lower classmen to play. you got sophomore kids leading you in scoring, doing big things in Jermaine. We'll get to him a little later. But is this what you want when you're going to recruiting is to have a balanced roster and class balance on, on to all levels, whether it be the registrar, senior, and junior level, for freshman, sophomore, transfers? I mean, I think you're doing a good job in every Guard too, coach. Well, I think I've tried to focus on what the wave of recruiting is. Now it's a it's a heavy transfer uh, uh, thing going on around the country, and 
the toughest part for us is a lot of the transfers are leaving our level. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of the transfers who are coming from levels that are higher than or considered to be higher than us, and we would get some of those kids. Those kids are, may, are staying at the same level or, 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 or at least going to that high mid-major level because everybody's looking for that uh, experience, you know, to be able to, to, to challenge those, those big boys when you get the opportunity to. So I've kind of took that and went in reverse. You know, I felt like uh, if, if we were if, – if we could get the level of, a higher level of freshman to commit to us because he does not want to wait to see what's going on with the transfers and wait on everybody else, let's take those kids. And then it, it may take a year or two to develop them. But, again, we take that and, and, get, and, and develop our roster and the, and the foundation of our program that way and then add one or two transfers. Not go get five or six transfers and maybe one freshman. We t- I took the reverse route, and, it, and it's kind of worked for us. And, and we'll continue to do that as long as, as the recruiting phase is going like it is. If it, if it changes, then we have to adapt to what's going on and figure out which way works for us. We are Buck Joyner here at the Hampton Pirates head coach here on the Bossman Show with me today. Now, Coach Joyner, I think the location of Hampton is a great location. I think that helps you as well, uh, getting guys to want to – come out to HBCU, had that experience with HBCU, get, get good tools, good coaching, and good education as well? Yeah, I'm at 757 is a beautiful area, no doubt. Uh, and, one, and one thing I can say about this area, it's a college area. You know, we don't have to compete with a lot of professional teams and things like that for, for attention and for exposure. And, and I, you know, kids can come here, and in this area they know who you are because we're a heavy college area, and, they, and, and, and the media and everybody else concentrate. On our collegiate teams a lot, uh, and also outside of athletics, the, the, the university. We got a beautiful university. We got an eight thousand seat arena. Uh, we sit around the chat. We, we, we basically the Chesapeake is around our campus, so we're surrounded by water. And then again, our academic uh, uh, our academic uh, uh, area speaks for itself. Also, I think you, uh, I think outside of kids, the parents understand that. HBCU or not, a Hampton education is a good education, and, 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 and you get a chance to, to do some things once you leave here. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I looked at your stats, man. Now, you got uh, eight guys averaging six points a game. You guys in double figures. You got balanced rebounding with eight guys with over three rebounds per game. So I'm thinking, looking at these stats, Coach, you're emphasizing defense, rebounding, sharing the basketball, and being connected together and synced up. That's, that's all we emphasize. Again, I, we, we try to tell them to let our offense uh, be dictated by our defense. We don't want the game dictated by how much we score. And ironically, uh, once our defense improved uh, and got to, the, to, to where we wanted it to be, I mean, we've been averaging probably over 80 points a ball game for about the last 8 to 10 ball games. Uh, and the other thing we do, we do stress is, is, is take care of the ball. Uh, we can take care of the ball, we can defend, and we can rebound and get in transition. Uh, we like our chances against anybody in the conference or a lot of teams that we play. Now, Coach, how big is sophomore Jermaine Merrill been for your team this year? And what does contribution mean to the team and the program as a whole? And, and I know you got to be glad you got him for at least two more years as well, Coach. Uh, no doubt. And, and uh, the, big, the big part about Jermaine, uh, a lot of people look at his scoring, but He's been a scorer his whole life. His whole life, he had 30, 33, 34 points in the ball game in high school. Uh, so, but but the biggest part to his growth for us is one his leadership ability. Uh, he's become a much better leader and leader by example more than anything else. Uh, two, he's become a more vocal leader. 
and, and, and student of the game. So he watches more film. He pays attention to the other guys. He understands now what it takes to make other people better, not just to get a shot off or to score himself. And, and, and his willingness and hunger to win is contagious for the rest of the team. Man, we got, we got a large group of guys that they care more about winning than they do anything else. And he's the leader of that. Now, coaches, your previous weekend's home game against Morgan State, what will be the points of emphasis to your team as you get ready to play these guys? And what kind of challenges does Morgan State pose based on what you've seen from them on film? Uh, first of all, they got uh, the, two, the two best players, Carr and Kenley. Kenley's a heck of a scorer. He's a, he's a 6 5 six, six wing, which is, which is a challenge for anyone. Uh, Carr can do a little bit of everything. He can score the ball. He can rebound the ball. He can play outside. He can play inside. So the first thing you have to do is be able to control uh, them too and try to limit as much as you can what they do. Uh, second of all, understand that, that Coach Bozeman has been in, have been in these situations millions of times. So you know that they're going to be well, well prepared. Uh, so the biggest thing that we have to do is understand, first understand the magnitude of the game and what we're playing for and be comfortable in that. And then second of all, try to impose our will and what we do well on what they do. And, and understand that you got a home game and maybe, you know, maybe you can limit a few of their shots and make a few shots that you probably wouldn't. But again, we're going to do what you talked about earlier. We're going to concentrate on rebounding the ball and making sure we defend. Yeah, I believe that, Coach. And, Coach, that's what I got for you is talk about the quality of coaching and talent in the league. I've had on Coach Ryan Ritter and the Hearts Broadnecks on the show as well. And I feel like you know, the MEAC does not get – the, the, the love it needs, you know. As a, I know I went to a HBCU myself, but the MEAC has good ball in the MEAC as well. So talk to the listeners here who are maybe unfamiliar with Savannah State or Bethune Cookman about really what they missed up there at Hampton and the league itself. Well, I think I mean beyond those three you named, that, that there's some great coaches in this league, and of course, it's almost like the old saying: "Go if you go chasing accolades and chasing people approval." Sometimes. It's, it gets harder to get it. The proof eventually becomes in the pudding. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think around the league, we we, we have some exceptional coaches. You got Lavelle Moten at Central. Uh, you got the young man uh, Warren Dixon, who, who, who I think took that job late. And for what he's what I think he's able to do and try to build there, I think he's doing an outstanding job. Uh, Coach Ritter, young guy down at uh, at, at Bazoon, uh, again another guy that's doing an outstanding job. You know, to add to the quality of coaches that we have that were already here, I think Coach Johnson at uh, 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 Rob at uh, Norfolk State consistently a twenty game winner, consistently in the top of the league, consistently plays well uh, in the non conference. Uh, Lavelle Moten, uh, Kevin Nickelberry, and, and the list goes on. Again, I don't know that, and, and, I, and I'm with you. I don't think that we get our just due, but at the end of the day, you got a job to do it. And the best job you got is the one that you own. So if they're the one that you're in. So that if they're happy with you, then be happy with that and keep it moving. Yes, and with Coach Joyner. We definitely thank you for coming on the show today. We wish you the best, the best luck this weekend. And I hope to talk to you down the road, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me on, man. All right, folks. It's Buck Joyner on the Boston Show, people. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back in the Jared the Boss Man Show, and we're joined by the coach of the Southeast Louisiana Lions, Ladner in the Boss Man Show. Coach Ladner, how are things down here in Hammond, man? Go, going great, Jr. I, again, very honored to be on your show. Uh, right, like talking line basketball that anybody, anybody wants to listen and 
and talk about it. My favorite subject. Yes, indeed. And, Coach, it's the Southland Conference, man, you're 12-3. Uh, you got a great win streak going on right now. So talk to us, Coach. What's been the key factors for your team in conference play and why you're playing so good in this streak right now as you guys wind down the season in February into early March? Well, Jr., I, I think it's uh, a combination of a number of things. I think that um, uh, we've got a team that, that uh, has some experience. Uh, and I think that in, as you get into conference play, the ability, obviously, to uh, not only win at home but win on the road, as you know, is a, is a critical thing. We've been fortunate to, to have some success on the road, which has kept us in the conference race. And, and I think that has to do with our experience, particularly uh, in our backcourt. Uh, Marlon Veal's a, a very experienced uh, point guard uh, as a junior, and then we have two uh, seniors that started the two and three position for, for us, and Jabbar Singleton and Joshua Fillmore that bring a wealth of experience and their their uh, their experience that you know in in close basketball games has paid big dividends for us. And Coach Ladner, having an older group has to be wonderful because you don't have you don't worry about them not being prepared for the game plan. They're they're disciplined with, with practice. They're disciplined with their off court work. You know they and they know what you expect from scouting report wise. That's to be lovely doing that. And also with the games becoming more important here in February and in the March, they won't get tighter tense when it gets tight in that second half. Well, I, I certainly hope so. They haven't had that. Uh... Uh, uh, tendency yet. Uh, actually, I, I was on a, a show out of New Orleans last night, a TV show, and 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 the man brought up a statistic uh, that I had not I had not realized, and that we were we were five and one in games that were decided by four points or less. So uh, he asked me what the reason for it. I said, first of all, uh, the the uh, the good Lord intervening is probably one that we won those close games, but. But the bottom line is it's experience. Uh, it's experience for our players. And just as you touched on, Jr. the, the uh, not not panicking in, in uh, situations. They've been in those kind of tight game situations before. The ability to make uh, offensive and defensive plays. Or, or maybe sometimes it's been to sniff out what the other team may, uh, may be doing offensively. And uh, that reverts back to game plan. They understand the importance of mental mental preparation as well as physical preparation but they've been there and done that too so it's a uh i I would if i had to pinpoint it certainly having good basketball players but having experienced good basketball players i think has been the major reason why and coach especially at your level mid-major level you have to be old in my opinion when you have experienced guys at the mid-major level you, you can do damage and be dangerous this time of year because i like we just touched on the experience and not panicking being poised and understanding the game plans and know what other teams trying to do you can sniff it out because you've seen it before for four or five years depending on how long they've been there coach C- correct this is my fourth season and uh, there is no question uh, this is certainly our most experienced team. It's a team that that started as a freshman. A number of our players started as freshmen four years ago. We arrived, or maybe maybe a sophomore, or maybe my second year. Uh, that's the guys that are now juniors, and and so I think that has paid. That they've been in the program for a while. I think that, and you touched on what I think is a, a great point, Jr. And the fact that uh, the model I think for uh, schools like Southeastern Louisiana that. Uh, and we we haven't had an NBA player, but we certainly uh, hopefully will have one soon, and that that will come with the, obviously if the, the as 
our program continues to grow and we get successful, maybe we'll be able to recruit those guys. But right now, we're not in North Carolina. Uh, we're not Kentucky and guys that have a lot of guys going to the NBA, you know, after their first or second year of, uh, of school. And so, therefore, we have to do it the other way. We've got to do more of the Butler model or the Gonzaga model. Well, Gonzaga has actually has changed a little bit, but when they began to, to be successful on the national level, and that's doing it with players that have been in our program for a while. So that's our way of countering uh, uh, the, the maybe one-and-done or, or two-and-done type NBA players doing it with players with experience. Yes, indeed. Well, Seth Lee's Louisiana Lions head coach, Ed Latin, with me on the Boss Man Show, people, talking about his program in the Southland Conference, their coach. Speaking of the Southland Conference, that's a race for that top spot, man. You got you guys, and <laughs> Houston State, Stephen F. Austin, Nichols. I mean, New Orleans is right there as well. I mean, the league, to me, coach, yeah, so many teams with winning records, so many teams just playing well. The depth of your conference is it's, it's amazing. And I found people that have slept on it and don't really know about yep. the balls going on down in the Southland Conference. Well, Jr., you're hitting another good point. Obviously, you're doing your homework and you keep up with basketball. And I'll say this uh, again: it's my fourth year there. One thing that I had I didn't realize was how good a basketball is played in the Southland Conference. It doesn't get you use the term "slept on." It's absolutely slept on nationally, although. It really shouldn't be. If you look at what our, our league champion, Stephen F. Austin, uh, you can look at the success uh, in, in uh, uh, not last year, UNO, your University of New Orleans, last year, but Stephen F. Austin just two years ago, you know, they they, they they just they smacked West Virginia in the first round of the NCAA. Uh, a fluke, a Notre Dame fluke keeps them from getting in the Sweet 16. Um, and then you talk about the parity in our league. What I found when I arrived there was the talent was a lot, lot stronger and better than I actually had any idea about. The coaching is outstanding top to bottom. Uh, it's incredibly balanced, and I'm not surprised at all about the 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 log jam there at the top going into these last three or four games with three or four games left in league play. Uh, that you still have five teams that have the possibility of winning the regular season championship. It's a uh, it's a very impressive league. I'm I take take us out of the mix. I, I'm saying that as a as a compliment to our fellow schools and coaches. It's it's uh, it's it, you better be ready to play every night, uh, or or you're going to get beat. That's for sure. You got that right, coach, and that's what you want in a league, a mid major league. But every team is is a tough out. You got quality up and down the league. Now I feel like what's good about your league is even the bottom of your league is, is even gotten better. You know, yeah. so when the bottom's getting better, it only can make the top even better. So it, would, it makes everybody better. So I feel like, hey, is the league as a whole improving? That means the league gets more more national run, more people know notice it, and hopefully, you know, uh, you know this RPI and Ken Palm make it a, a, a lucky at large that second be out of the league, depending on how you guys play non conference. Well, no question about that, and I think you're beginning to see, and I can just tell you from the inside of things, you're beginning to see our our uh, an emergence uh, of the Southland Conference and the school administrators, particularly your presidents and athletic directors, beginning to see uh, how uh, how much basketball can can be a vehicle to improving uh, the national stature of, of the university. And I think what you're going to see is more money being put into each of the individual programs. Stephen F. Austin has already done it, and you're beginning to see a trickle-down effect where the other schools are beginning to make more investment into their basketball programs, beginning to see some success, particularly in the non-conference, 
you'll begin to see, I think, a number of Southland teams beginning to play less and less uh, money games in the non-conference, you know, giving, them a, giving the schools a better shot. But what you've also seen in, in recent years is a number of quality non-conference wins. Uh, a team's going outside of the conference in money games and winning those games. So those are all great signs, and, and I think within just a few years you're going to see the Southland be, uh, moving up the ladder in the, the conference RPI, and as you mentioned, Kimpom, and uh, as a whole. And then, again, top to bottom, you'll see all the teams improving. It's already happened. You got there, right, Coach. And I feel like your non-conference schedule – even have Austin on the schedule, uh, New Orleans Auto. All you guys have went out and played quality teams and got quality experience. Now, I want to ask you how to fit for the year team, Coach. You feel like that non-conference schedule has helped you guys as you guys into the, the South Carolina play? That's like, Coach, the schedule you all played on non-conference is only helping you right now because I feel like it's brought the team close together. You, you got some connectivity. You, you felt some higher major competition, and now you're getting your own conference. like, hey, We've got we've got face people this at this level before. It's all good. We we can beat these guys in our league. Well, I, again, another great point. I, I think that Jr. You know, when you you know, we played thirteen non-league games this year. Uh, nine of those were on the road. Um, and so, what you what the the positive side of that is, you know, a lot of the teams, uh, a lot of your Power Five teams, never leave home. They never they never play a non a non-league game on the road. Uh, never play a game on the road at all until they, most of the time, until they, unless they're in a exotic tournament, maybe in Hawaii or something, or or out of the country, they rarely will play anyone uh, off campus. And if they do play someone, it's normally a neutral site game. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we turn that into a positive because we're used to playing on the road. In fact, that was a I mentioned being on a TV show out of New Orleans last night and. Uh, the the host asked me the same thing. He said, and I said, I said, our guys are used to playing on the road. It's no big deal to them to play on the road. It's no big deal to play in a challenging environment for them. They've done it. They've done it multiple times. And it, and as as you referring back to the uh, team with a lot of experience and us, us happen to have a lot of experience, they've done it time after time after time. So you know, once you've gone through something at first, it may be a little bit startling to you, but after a while, it's not that big a deal. I know just over over the last couple of years, and we use this in recruiting in a positive way. Uh, you know, you can go to certain schools, and, and you may just play a lot of a, a lot of mid or low major teams. Well, we're going to play a an incredibly attractive non conference schedule. We've been to Oklahoma, we've been to Oklahoma State, we've been to Florida State, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. We've been to Gonzaga, we've been to Cal. I mean, I and I'm leaving I'm leaving out a bunch. You know, we we can go on and on about the the experiences of, of that our players have had in those type of environments and again so when we get back down to league play going to play uh, uh, two weeks ago in an incredibly uh, uh, packed environment down in Thibodeau Louisiana at Nichols State and a uh, heated rivalry game that had a lot of, uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot at stake it's not that big a deal you know we're, we're, we're seasoned for those those type of events as well as the other teams in our league as well. I think a lot of those teams experience the same type of thing. So it makes a big difference at this time of year uh, where every game is absolutely critical and we're we're fighting for the Southland Conference championships. And, Coach, one more on non-conference schedule, Coach. I can't even imagine because you all are actually good. 
I probably just don't want to play you guys because you're actually good and can't go on the road and beat them. They, they don't, they don't <laughs> want to pay you to beat them, so I don't only imagine the despair you have trying to schedule games with people <laughs> get them to play you. Well, well, uh, Jr. When we when we arrived, uh, and I say we because I give credit to have had a great coaching staff. Um, but when we arrived four years ago, uh, this is we're in finishing up our fourth season now. Um, we probably could have scheduled a thousand games. I mean, we literally anybody would. We had some teams want not only play in us home and home; they want to play double home home. Coach, we'll play you four times. So we, but as the program has progressed over the last couple of years, and we've made been fortunate to make great progress each year, the the number of teams willing to play us anymore has has dried up. We the the number of phone calls uh, that we get concerning scheduling emails. Uh, have, have become less and less, and that's one of the goals that we had when we got there. We want, we want it, we want our schedule to be tough to be uh, uh, tough to complete uh, in our non-conference, and that's all. That's a good sign that that's happening. A lot of people are wanting to play you uh, and, and willing to pay you uh, a lot of money to do that. That's generally not a good sign. We want it. We want it to be tough uh, to complete our schedule because, therefore, uh, there's an amount of respect for us out there. And, and, and fortunately, we've been able to experience that here in the last couple of years. And, Coach, I looked at your team stats, Coach, and I love how you have balance scoring across the board with seven guys averaging over six, six points a game, three of them double figures. You have balance rebounding five guys over, over four a game. So it tells me, Coach, that you're preaching, sharing the shadow basketball, defend like crazy, attack this glass, let's get, let's get out here and play some good team offense and get these, these wins and rack them on up. Each each get night out here in South Island Conference and beyond. <laughs> well, we we certainly I think any basketball coach is going to preach team play. We we preach it on both ends, and 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 the great thing about it is we have uh, a number of young men that understand that as well. That they achieve uh, a heck of a lot more. I always tell our players, you know, if you were truly selfish, if you were really really truly selfish. You would be a team guy because you're gonna you're gonna get more books. You've got a chance to be more successful. Opportunities to uh, to, to accrue more stats, which therefore is gonna um, you know help you help showcase you for professional basketball, whether it be uh, in the NBA or in the United States NBL or or the G or G League now, as we should say, and or foreign foreign leagues. And there's a lot of ways you know to make money. So, but if I was truly selfish. Uh, I, I would be a team player because, uh, it, it, and, and our, our guys have bought into that. They they don't really care who gets the credit. Uh, we've got an outstanding group of young men, high character young men. All of our players, a Jr. Every player that has has uh, exhausted their eligibility in the last four years have also obtained degrees. Many of them have also gotten their uh, master's degrees or dual degrees. So there's something we're really proud of. Our APR is a thousand percent. I don't want to get off the radio without mentioning that. You know, all those mamas out there wonder, wonder where to send their sons. we got a great place for them to send them, and, and we want to ascend to the national level, and that's why I'm so thankful to be on your show. But absolutely, we, we, we preach team basketball, but we also have a group of young men that understand that's how you win basketball games, too, when it doesn't matter who's getting the credit. Also, we've got a lot of guys that deserve credit. And, Coach, I, th- I love what you said about it, the APR and all your young men attaining degrees because I feel like that part gets left out a lot, Coach. Student athlete. It gets left out a lot. It's, more, it's, the most, like, it's the most common to college to be an athlete, but no, you want to get that degree because 
when you, if when basketball's over, you're going to fall back on it always. That degree, nobody can take that degree from you. It's always going to have your name on it where you graduated from, no matter what you do until the day the Lord calls you home. Absolutely, uh, you know, I, I grew up the son of a of a high school coach, Jr. So I understand the uh, the, the importance of education, and you know, and, and all of us, all of us could just give volumes of stories about guys that have been used. And, and one thing we preached our young men is, you know, don't don't let people use you, don't let people use you, you know, don't. Don't, you know, when that ball stops bouncing and you're, that you've done everything. And, and sad, sadly, in our profession, you know, there's, there are people like that, you know. And as soon as, they, as soon as they've done whatever they could do for the program, uh, you know, you're finished with them. You used them up. And, and that, I just, that's just not right. And, um, you know, I, I don't want our young men looking back in 10 or 15 years and saying, you know, Coach, you know, we did everything I could do for Coach. Now I don't have anything to show for it. He won't take my call. And we, we have a family-type atmosphere there and at southeastern Louisiana. And, and all of our uh, – like, like I said, I, it's just important. They they may not like it every day. <laughs> I tell you that. I can tell you that, JR, because we're on them, you know, uh, about academics. I can imagine, way, Coach. You know, and, and that's what – you know, I, I met with one of them the other day. A little bit late for a class, and he and he and I were having a little motivational sense. I said, you know, why are you fighting me on this? Why are you fighting me so hard? We want to make sure you take advantage of this scholarship that you have. And and and, and I said, you'll appreciate this in ten or fifteen years from now when that ball stops bouncing. You will appreciate, and you'll look back and go, gosh, I'm I'm glad coaching them were hard on me about academics as well. So it's important, and it's something that we take great pride in. Is as well, we take great pride in, in our success on the floor, and we take just as much pride in our success off the floor. And as we know, in, in 10, 15, or 20 years, uh, those young men that were successful basketball players that by uh, virtue of playing in a successful basketball program, they're going to be successful in whatever career that they may choose. And again, obviously, we would love for them to have an opportunity to play pro- professional basketball, and most of them will. Most of them will, whether it be in the United States or, or outside of our borders. But we also want them to know that as soon as that ball stops bouncing, I've got something to, uh, to, to fall back on, and now I'm going to start a different career. So, you know, that's something we're very proud of, and I appreciate you bringing that out. And, Coach, as you prepare for this weekend's game, is Northwestern State. What would be the points of emphasis that you're going to preach to your team as you get ready for that game and – also, what kind of challenges the Northwestern Post to you that you're sitting on film that you got to be really locked into this week? Well, you know, Northwestern has had some, unfortunately, uh, has two, uh, Jalen West was their uh, uh, potential player of the year candidate, and um, he was coming back. He was in a rare situation uh, that he had a, he was granted a seventh year of eligibility, which is, incredibly rare in, in the NCAA, but he was, uh, but, but, uh, has, has not, did not make, uh, make it through about half the season and is no longer with their team. And, uh, so they lost him. They lost one of the, another point guard was an outstanding player that was a senior. So they've had, I'm saying that because coach Mike McConaughey there has been there a long time. He's the dean of the coaches in our league and he does a great, great job and they've had a lot of success. But they've had some unfortunate circumstances this year. They have not won a league game up until now. They do play at Incarnate Word in San Antonio tonight, and they're going to have an opportunity to win that game. 
But Northwestern, uh, on our schedule, that's the team that southeastern Louisiana has played the most. They are a longtime rival, uh, played hundreds of games against each other. Um, and and, and it, it, so you can throw out the record book. We know with that we're going we've, we I, I think uh, our SID told me our record in all time uh, at, at games being played in at Northwestern are six I think we're 16 and 43. So we haven't as a, as a program over the years we haven't had a lot of success. Uh, there, that's one thing we're preaching to them. Uh, we we were fortunate to beat them uh, uh, at in Hammond earlier in the year, about about three or four weeks ago. Uh, we cannot. We we basically Jr. We've got a three game season. Uh, we we the the ball was in our court. If we win those three games, we're going to win the Southland Championship. Uh, it we can't overlook anybody. Our players uh, know what they getting bombarded with it every day. On what so they know what we have to do uh, to, to to be successful. Northwestern is a great rivalry of ours. We'll get their best shot, that's for sure. But we never spend a ton of time really worrying about our other opponents. We we can't control what's going on in their locker room or in their practice floor on their floor. We what we have to do is try to be the best that we can be and just make sure that the fact that we bring our A game. There's there's too much at stake to to stump you know and and, and stump our toes so to speak and not not do the best we can. If they're going to beat us, well, let's make sure that they beat us with us playing their best. Uh, and, I mean, playing our best, and and we expect them to be at their best as well. But it, we expect a, a really, really hard-fought battle against a, a rival. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, Coach, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today talking about your program, Southeast Louisiana, the Lions, Coach Ladner. You've, you've been <laughs> great with your time today. Look forward to talking to you, Dean, down the road because you've been great to me tonight, Coach, and you. And I'm wishing you all the best of luck, man, because I really enjoyed doing our talk this evening. JR, I feel the same way, and I'm very honored, uh, and I truly mean that and, and thankful that you would think enough of us to have us on, have you on your show and we'd be honored if you'd ever have us on again, I will tell you that. So thank you. Thank you so much, and, and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Ladner, you take easy. We'll definitely have you on real soon, man. Sa- sounds good. Take care, and thank you again. It's top three with Tyndall, Jr. Coach at John's in traffic still, people. We're sorry about that. Hey, I'm sorry, John in traffic. But, Coach, the standings, I mean, we're not looking great. We're not looking hot. We didn't get, any, we didn't get to put John in front of the cellar, Coach. We're 12 and 12, and he's 11 and 13. So, he's he going to make you make the NIT right now, Coach. <laughs> well, he's still in last place, so technically that is a seller, right? Yes, indeed. He, he's still in last place in that cellar. So, Coach, uh, this week you got some good games for us as well. Last week we'll recap last week's games. Texas A&M and Arkansas. Arkansas won at Bud Walton Arena. Philadelphia won the Xavier and beat Xavier. And West Virginia lost to Kansas. Kansas got to get together at home, Coach, so... We thought they would be the other way around, but somebody got got their act together there at the, at the Fall Island Schoolhouse there, Coach. 
Yeah, you know, Kansas surprisingly uh, has really struggled, not struggled, struggled at home, but they've lost a few, which is really unlike a Bill Self team. But they uh, they won a, a bone burner against West Virginia. That was one of the best college games I've watched all year. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, Coach. So, that, so those, that's our records right now, 24 games in, 12 and 12. Coach and myself, John Leffin, 13 this week. We're going to talk about Kansas again, Coach. They're going to play in Lubbock and Texas Tech, Coach. Uh, experience guys played well all year, but I think beating Bob Huggins in West Virginia, Kansas got their mojo back, Coach. It's a road game at Lubbock, but I feel like Kansas is riding high right now. They see the regular season title within reach. Bill Self got getting his guys' butts. They're playing harder. They're defending better. They're doing things like he wants them to do. Think they're going to go on the road and the mystique of that Kansas mystique will overcome Texas, Texas Tech, and ultimately they'll end up beating the Red Raiders down there in Lubbock, Coach. Well, I I don't disagree with too much you said. That uh, they got their swagger back. They've owned the Big Twelve for thirteen uh, seasons, but I I think that that atmosphere at Texas Tech is going to be the most electric it's ever been in the history of their program. Their fans, their coaches, their team knows exactly what they're fighting for. And uh, I think that Chris Beard and his staff, a good friend of mine, Al Pinkins, uh, is on his staff, will find a way to win that game and, and uh, I think end up having at least a share of the Big 12 title with Kansas, if not winning that thing outright after they win on Saturday. John's going to shoot Texas Tech in that game, Coach. I'm going to Kansas. Uh, you and John are going to Texas Tech in that game. And uh, in a game, I will be at Saturday, Tennessee State at Belmont. We know Texas is my alma mater. And of course, a good friend of mine. I respect Rick Bird a lot. And Coach, you know, uh, as you know, TSU beat Belmont at, at Jefferson Center uh, February the 8th. And, I think Daniel Ford is coaching for his next gig, if you trash my opinion on it. I feel like if he wins this game against Belmont at the Kirby Event Center, does some overseas tournament, he may probably, somebody will come get, get, get that guy. He's up, 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 up and rising coaching in the, the game here. And just, uh, they played Tennessee Tech this week. Belmont has also protected Bill State and Ray Harper, those guys. Uh, I just feel like, Coach, uh, the Tennessee State Tigers, what I've been told by Dana Ford and some players, they're ready for Belmont. They want to go over there on their senior day and on their homecoming and get them. They're sick of Belmont being the talk of top of national OVC. So I'm going to ride with TSU. They're they talking a big game right now. I feel like they might because they did on the 8th of February. They'll knock them off over the current events center finally. And John's going to TSU as well, Coach. Well, I, I just think it's uh, it's a game that's, correct me if I'm wrong, you say that's at TSU, right? It's at Kirk, or it's at it's Belmont. It's over there at Belmont, over, over Kirk. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't sure on that. Well, you know, Tennessee State, as you mentioned earlier, got the win uh, in the first meeting, which I thought was very, very impressive. Belmont's been the best team in the league from start to finish. Uh, and I have a ton of respect for Dana. I agree with you, he's a rising star. Have just as much respect for Rick Bird. He's kind of the grizzled old veteran, if you will. And uh, I think that game being at Belmont and uh, maybe a little bit of revenge or payback, if you will, Belmont's going to find a way to, to get that win and, and keep control and command of OBC. Yes, indeed. So we got John and I going to Tennessee State. Coach is going to Belmont. Last game of the day is an old 
SC West battle coach. They're SC West when they went away from the divisions. That's Arkansas with Alabama. Eight and seven right now. Arkansas, Alabama is just up there in the stands as well. Uh, I feel like this coach, it's going to be a home game for me for Alabama. I just feel like Avery Johnson's guys at home, at Tuscaloosa, Arkansas, they play well at home. They don't charge very well. You know, they just never have it. Like, they go to Bud Walton, they, they got you, but on the road, like, okay, we will see here and there. I feel like just on the strength of them being a home coach, they fight for SEC's tournament seating and standing, trying to get in off the bubble, get in the tournament for good, and not have to worry about the first floor, the bubble. Like, Alabama Avery Johnson is going to come, and they're going to come in there. His boy's going to be ready. going to coach him up real good, and they're going to end up beating Arkansas their game, coach. John's going with Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, you know, I thought that was an interesting game. That's why I put it on the slate. I think, as you mentioned, both teams are right there on the bubble. They're fighting not just for SEC seeds for the tournament, but, uh, you know, possibly uh, an, an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament. So it's a huge game for both programs. Uh, you know, Avery, I agree with you. He's done an outstanding job in his short time at Alabama. Uh, but here's the thing. I think Arkansas has some seasoned older guys. Uh, yeah, they, they haven't been great on the road all year. But they know how important this game is. Not that Alabama doesn't because they do. But they've got a bunch of young guys. And the pressure of trying to get an NCAA tournament, I think, will take its toll on Alabama. That's why I'm going to go with the Razorbacks in Arkansas to find a way to win this one on the road at Alabama. Recap here, guys. We have this. We got, I'm going Kansas coach and John are going Texas Tech. John and I are going Tennessee State. Coach is going Belmont. And I'm going to Alabama. Coach and John are going to Razorback. So this week, we're going to have movement. We're not going to be so close this week, we hope. <laughs> based, on this, <laughs> based on what we got yeah. going on. There going to be some great games. I think that Texas Tech game against Kansas. It's going to be electric, and uh, what, what that environment will be like, I think, will be simply amazing. And it's getting closer to tournament time, so every game is so pivotal, pivotal and important, and and uh, a lot of fun. Another good good games this week, and look forward to watching. And always appreciate you having me on your show, buddy. No doubt, coach. Hey, you're the best, man. You keep, hey, you, you have all kind of fun with us, man. You you pick, you pick your ass off, coach, even though you're wrong sometimes. <laughs> Uh, All right, my man. You have a great week. All right, Coach. We'll talk to you, man. See you, buddy. All right. Top of the channel, people. We out. You can't touch this. 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 this.